0: welcome to the peaceful power podcast i'm your host andrea Claussen, and today i'm chatting with ellen trotter the peaceful power podcast is here to help you live a movement-based lifestyle utilizing fitness yoga and ayurvedic techniques each week i'll bring you a motivational guest or a solo show geared to help you take action to live that peaceful powerful life ellen has gone from an athlete to coach on the soccer field and in the weight room Originally, she fell in love with weightlifting by training for soccer in college and she pursued her dream by creating her life intentionally through what fulfills her. So one of the things I love about Ellen, Ellen's only 25 and she has done so much um, in her life already. Like she already kind of knows what she wants. She left the gym setting to start her own business. Uh, she started personal development at a younger age. And so she's like really in this and gives us great advice on maybe how we want to unfold and how we want to kind of evolve into our next identity of who we want to become. So I highly recommend this interview if you're really looking forward to, um, maybe we also talk about the scale. So if you need to release anything with the scale, we talk about that and how to do it, as well as evolving into the next version of you. So, check out today's episode. I know you guys will love it. So without further ado, here's today's show with Ellen. Welcome to the Peaceful Power podcast. Today, I'm super excited. I have Ellen Trotter on with me. And uh, Ellen and I were in a mastermind now two years ago together. And so I actually just love everything that she's doing. And um, she reminds me of myself, actually. I don't know if I've ever told you this, Ellen, but uh, (laughs) at your age. So Ellen's a little bit younger than me now. Um, but when I was her age, like I feel like I was doing very similar things and like getting out there and, um, networking just like you're doing. So I think this is a super important conversation to have. And I know I do have some, um, younger people who listen. I think they're going to be inspired by everything that you're doing in the fitness industry. So I'm going to kind of kick it over to you and, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into fitness and, um, yeah, kind of go from there.
1: Okay, awesome. Well, first, thanks so much for having me on. I'm really excited about this, especially after we had such a good interview in my Facebook group a few weeks ago. Um, Well, like Andrea said, my name is Ellen and I'm 25 right now. I really got into fitness when I started training for soccer. I played soccer in college, and my boyfriend had finished up his football career and was getting into strength and conditioning. So I was luckily his guinea pig, (laughs) and I went from I played soccer since I was four, so I was always athletic in a sense in that I played a sport, but as far as athletic skill, eh, I was more so just every coach's dream of like the hardest working player, doesn't necessarily mean I was the best player technical wise. So, went from just really hard working, ran all the time to a summer of actual training. It was four days a week, lifting weights, I had speed and agility training, which I had never in my life done before. When I was in high school and even my first two years of college, I was in the mindset of like, oh, I need to be in shape for soccer. I'm just gonna go run around the block at this steady state pace, <laughs> even though that's totally not what you do in soccer. And so after that summer, I went from, and I wouldn't say that I was over, you know I wasn't overweight or anything like that. I definitely gained weight my freshman year, as I would say probably is more common. Oh yeah, I did too. Yeah, gained some weight my freshman year. And then the summer after my sophomore year, after I spent that whole summer training for the first time ever, so I also had those beginner gains, I lost all my body fat, which not to say I had a ton, but I mean, it was significant when you look at pictures. And then from there on, I just continued to train and built up so much muscle So there was a huge body transformation there for myself. And then on top of that, my skill as a soccer player, I went from being mediocre skill wise, hardest worker, but just mediocre skill wise to being like MVP, best player on my team, starting captain my last two years. I was one of the fastest on my team, I would have never described myself as fast, my speed increased, my ball skill increased. And I ended up finishing my soccer career as an all-conference player, which was really cool because I never even had dreams of that when going into college. And so because of that, just so many benefits from training, I just fell absolutely in love with it. And so I graduated and got a full-time job in a gym, but it was a desk job and was just yearning to be out on the floor and training people and not in my office. So I eventually quit that job to go back to school, get my master's coach soccer at this D2 college here in Oklahoma. And, um, then I started my online training business and started like getting back in the gym to train people. So that's really how I got into fitness.
0: Oh my gosh. I love it. I don't know if I've heard that story and that's so, um, like I was an athlete as well in college. And so having that background and just seeing like the skill improvement, like from going to, and I totally understand what you're saying about like the you know, hardest worker, which as a coach, because I also coach some college tennis, like you love those players. Mm-hmm. But then going from that to like really jumping up to being like MVP in all conference, that's huge. And so if there's any like athletes or even parents who are maybe their child is aspiring in high school or college to be, you know, take their game to the next level, this could be something that could be beneficial for them to hear just to say, wow, this is all from strength training and speed yeah. and
1: agility. Mm-hmm. Completely. I love it. So, how did
0: your um, routine like? How many days a week? So, if people are kind of like, okay, I want to like you know increase my training, um, maybe they have kids who are athletes. Like, did that look like every single day you were doing something, or how did that kind of play out? For when I first started
1: training, for, for when you first started training, yep. Well, my very 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 first summer of training, I didn't have soccer anything. I played on an indoor league, and that was once a le- once a week. Other than that, I did four days of lifting weights. And so we had split it up into two upper body days, two lower body days. Wednesday was more of a speed and agility day. And then conditioning was mixed in twice a week at the end of two of those workout days. Um, And so, and I did that for two and a half months all summer repeatedly. Mm -hmm. So it was, yeah, four days of, of weight training and then two days of conditioning. And it was, I mean, this was, this was, the summer of 2013. So I'm trying to remember exactly. Um, there was a, probably two days of speed and agility in there.
0: Mm. So now kind of that was where you started from. What does your routine look like now? Just to kind of give people a feel for, okay, like that was when she was in college, maybe had more free time, but like now what does kind of your routine look like?
1: Well, and there, there was definitely, there's been several transitions from then to now, because I had to learn how to incorporate training while I was in season playing soccer, because you train differently, you know, when you're in off season, when you're in preseason, when you're during season, the goal is different. So you have to adjust your training with that. Mm -hmm. But after playing soccer, I had to make the biggest transition into figuring out how to go from training like an athlete to being a full-time working 20-something year old, and now what, you know, finding my new purpose to train for. So there was Some hard transition from that point after college to figuring out where training fits in my life, and I really still wanted to train like an athlete but didn't have any driving purpose. So, after some experimenting, where I'm at now is four it's really a range between three to five days a week, just depending on my week, but it's consistently three to five days. And I do a mixture of bodybuilding style that's mainly for my upper body days, and then lower body days, I still like to include some athletic type training. And I also match it up with my boyfriend's a strength and conditioning coach. So over summer when he's training all the football team, I'll usually do the football workouts with him just because it's it's just fun. It's it takes me back to you know feeling like an athlete. That's really how I enjoy training. So I still want to incorporate that into my life. But I also am at a point where I am training for still, you know, my looks and my body goals and my health as well. But that's obviously just included because I'm still getting all my training in.
0: Yes. And um, if people are kind of like, okay, like, how can I, or maybe they've never strength trained before. Um, I know for you, it's something that you help build women's confidence with. How does that kind of help women build confidence, or how have you seen that play out in some of the women that you've worked with?
1: Oh, this is my favorite. Just because a lot of women, my favorite is when I get women that come in who have typically done. Uh, group fitness classes that don't have a lot of weights necessarily, or the the classes that they're in, they're not encouraging women to like lift heavier weights. You just mm-hmm. you go in, you're doing the same routine with the same weights, or maybe they're trying to work out on their own, or they've just been cardio buddies and they've just been running, 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 running. So when I get women who aren't really used to weight training and just showing them what they're capable of doing and seeing women. Come in being almost intimidated and then getting them excited about doing pull ups and getting them excited about doing renegade rows with push ups and putting more weights on their barbells or grabbing heavier dumbbells. And it gets to a point where I don't even have to encourage them. It starts out with me being like, hey, I bet you could, I bet you could go up a little bit heavier. Why don't you grab those 20s? You know, sometimes they need that little extra push, but then once they start to do that on their own because they see what they're capable of, that builds confidence with themselves in the gym. And I totally see it translate over into their areas of their life because they come back and they tell me about it. And they also will start to go show off to their family or their kids and they'll be showing them their perfect push-ups and all these nice. other exercises. Yeah, it's my favorite.
0: Oh. And it's—I mean—it's so, so like I work with um, some senior citizens, and some of them have cats, and I have a cat as well. <laughs> and at, the grocery, or at the grocery store, whatever store you buy your cat litter, like some of those are like thirty-pound bags. Oh yeah. And so for them, like that can be one of the reasons that they want to increase their strength is so they can lift that cat litter and do it by themselves. Because one of mm-hmm. them said, she's like, I used to have to make someone, you know, get the litter for me, put it in the cart, take it out, bring it to the car. She's like, and then I had no one to bring it in from my car to my apartment. And so now like having the strength and telling people, I got this, like I can do it by myself. Like it's sometimes stuff like that where we don't always realize, oh, what we're doing in the gym. Like it does translate to like real life situations.
1: Mm -hmm, Exactly. It's funny you say you bring up cats. I have three cats. That is a (laughs) lot of cat litter. Definitely.
0: I had like farmer carries as you're like going through the store.
1: Oh yeah. Basic. Exactly. Yeah. I, and also, I mean, yes, you see it translate into things that they're doing in real life, but then they also start to notice, and something I always try and encourage them so they're not focused on the scale is their clothes, how their clothes are fitting. And one of my girls just told me the other day her posture, she notices that she's just standing like standing upright better. And all those it obviously it takes time, but when once they start to realize these things and see it, it's you know that's what makes it so worthwhile and fulfilling and why we love doing what we do.
0: Yeah. And, um, you just kind of brought up the scale. Is there any other tips you have for women who, you know, maybe they are trying to get away from the scale or maybe they still are stuck, like weighing themselves every day, multiple times a day. Um, and any, you know, tips that you have for helping people pull away from that as the only measure to what you're doing in the gym?
1: I tell my clients to throw their scale away. (laughs) I say, I I say, if you, if you want to weigh yourself right now, you can find throw it away, but I promise we're not even going to weigh for at least, you know, three months or the next time you go to the doctor or, you know, some other significant time that's way down the road that gives it enough time to measure progress. And then I usually give them as many other ways to measure progress as I possibly can. And I say, okay, now pick the top three that you're going to care about the most. Um, You know, we can even do waist measurements. I'm fine with that because that's not something I tell them to do every single day. I usually have longer time chunks for them. But the scale usually I find people are, if they have a problem with it, they're usually weighing themselves every morning. And so that's why I just say to throw it away or put it, you know, out of sight, out of mind, hide it somewhere because if it's still just sitting on your bathroom floor, It's got. That's you're making it harder on yourself to resist. You know, weighing it's like when we try and deprive ourselves of certain sweets and tell ourselves we can't eat chocolate. Well, then you're just going to want it more. So, out of sight, out of mind. Throw it away, and then find out of this list of twenty other ways that you can be measuring your progress. Find your top three to five that you would actually like. Is you know, do you care about increasing your weight on squats? Are you trying to get down your pull ups? Are you trying to do ten consecutive push ups? Um, Pick a pair of pants. And that you wear all the time, and start noticing when they start to fit different. Um, and I just try and give as many different ways as possible, and pictures, obviously, lots and lots of pictures, um, and then tell them to pick which one will they would they most will look forward to seeing progress in those areas. So yes, you know,
0: those are almost- great, and I think those are all really good tools that you know people can you know, use and one of the ones that I've used before too, if people are like, oh, I don't want to throw my scale away, I want to have it. I'm like, well then have your spouse um hide it from you. Yes. And that sometimes works too, where and a lot of the time, so I have a um a couple that's training together and she was like, I can't find it. She's like, I have no idea. She's like, I went searching one day and he must have hit it really well or took it to his office and put it at the office. <laughs> so, you know, like stuff like that to help us, you know, get away from that pull of the scale. Mm-hmm. And for me, like This year, I've probably weighed myself maybe twice the entire year. And we're almost at the end of 2018 when we're recording this. And I'm like, wow, this is the first time in, you know, probably my 34 years that I've, like, weighed myself this little and I really don't care. Like, Mm -hmm. that's, and it can take time. So, like, if people are like, how did you get there? Like, this took, this took 34 years. But I was never, like, really, you know, like, chained to the scale. Like, I needed to know, but I used it as a tool more so, um, then I do now only because I'm like, it doesn't really matter because sometimes what we happens is like we have this number and then we reach that number and we're like, oh, well, whoa, I don't feel any different. Like nothing really changed in my life. And I think sometimes in our heads, when we think of this like magical thing is going to happen once we reach that number and then we get to it and we're like, oh, nothing changed. Like I'm still right. me. And that's where like that internal work comes into play.
1: Mm-hmm. It, there's nothing that breaks my heart more than seeing people who because I I deal with this with clients, I can think of a handful right now as I'm saying this, who I've had them for months and months and they've made so much progress in so many areas. And they even verbally tell me how their clothes are fitting differently, how they feel better. They notice all of these changes and then they step on the scale and it totally takes away from everything they've done. And it just, they're so distraught by it. And eh, that just breaks my heart. Yes. That's something I really try and work on with,
0: yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, like if you go in and you go into it and you know, if um, like, even if there's a trainer listening, who's like, Oh, maybe they still do monthly weigh-ins or check-ins with their clients. Um, and I used to all the time. Cause that, again, when I started like 11 years ago, like that was pretty much what you did as a trainer. And we always had the monthly check-ins in the last few years, we have really kind of gotten away from that. And I really leave it up to the client to choose if they want to have the check-in or not. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that you know, if you're a trainer, maybe to have them instead of just stepping on the scale and being like, maybe they didn't lose anything or maybe they gained a pound and that can really destroy them. So having them say, okay, well, what are you feeling good about? Like, what did you accomplish this last month? And having them have those positive things. And then hopefully when they step on the scale, if nothing really happened, they can, you know, you can bring up like, hey, you just told me X, Y, and Z just happened. Like, are you going to let that one pound be the difference between you being like, this is amazing, or I'm going to throw it all in because of this one pound? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's something I totally am passionate about as well, just to be like, oh, it's mm-hmm. not, your weight does not dictate who you
1: are. I know. I'm like, that's just everything inside your body. It's your bones. Yes. It's your blood. It's literally everything. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Sure. Yeah. And again, sometimes it can take, like I always tell people too, I'm like, progress can take, sometimes it lags a month behind. So it really depends on metabolism and how things are going. Sometimes people will lose, I, usually what I've seen is they'll lose inches, maybe their weight stays the same. And then the next month, maybe they have the same inches, but then the weight will go down. Um, and sometimes it can take two months before all of a sudden, they're like, oh, I'm at my ideal weight. And it just lags behind, but they stuck with the routine. And so if someone's like, oh, still not quite there, you have to stick with it and be consistent because those up and down with what you're doing with your workout routine, that's taking you forward and backward in your progress. And you're really not making any changes that you want to be making because you keep throwing in the towel because of this
1: stupid scale. Exactly. And consistency obviously is the most important, and it's hard enough to have that discipline to go. So we want to find as many things as possible that are going to give us motivation when we need it, and that are going to help us to want to get in the gym. And so having something in your life, such as the scale, if it's going to only make you feel bad, that's it's not helping you in any way whatsoever. I actually just had one of my uh, clients tell me the other day we were finishing up a challenge I just ran, and I was getting final measurements on everyone. And I had interviewed several people in my challenge, you know, because I interviewed you (laughs) and something that I can't, I can't remember who she got it from, but she talked about, man, when she talked about it and said, you know, you can wake up in the morning and you're just in a great mood. You might even be looking forward to the day. Like, you know, everything's fine. And then you go and you step on the scale and see a number and that puts you in a bad mood. And it's literally this foreign object. It's just something else. And it's just a number and it can totally take your mood and it can totally change your day and it can just dictate, you know, everything. When you woke up and you were perfectly fine up until you did that. She's like, that really stuck out to me. I said, exactly. Mm -hmm. We don't need to, you know, and that's a choice. We don't have to put those things in our life that make us, that are not serving us, that aren't making us feel good. Yes. And one of the ones that you said was consistency.
0: Um and making these habits stick. So what are some ways that, you know, because we're in January or will be when this airs, um, this is the time where sometimes I think it I don't remember like the statistics, if it's like people drop out by the time this airs, people have already probably dropped out of their workout routine because right. it's air at the end of the month. And, mm-hmm. you know that's crazy that A, that we wait until January 1st to start. That just seems so silly. Um, mm-hmm. You can start anytime. And then um, B, like people try it for a week, maybe 10 days, and then they're already done. So what are some tips for people who might be like looking to start, but they're maybe intimidated by it?
1: Mm-hmm. This, oh, this is my favorite subject. I'm all about habits <laughs> and productivity. I actually just finished this book that was amazing. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And I want to read that one. Yeah, it's so good. So good. Something that he pointed out, um, and I've actually been working on this with some of my clients is when we are setting habits, we don't want, this is what we typically do. We typically start with the result or the outcome we want. So we typically start with, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds or I want to, even if it's um, a more positive type, I don't think, you know, basing goals off of weight or losing pounds is necessarily the best way to go. But even if it's, I want to PR with this on my squat, I it's a result. It's an outcome. You're looking for what you want to happen. And that is stuff that we do not have control over. So we usually, that's where we start. That's our first step. I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay. And then we go to the next step, which is the process. Okay. How are you going to get there? Well, I'm going to start working out. And then we hope that from that, our identity will change, right? Because the mm-hmm. habits that we have, that makes up the person that we are. We don't just do these things, the, the things we do are a part of our identity. So, really, in order to have success with this, especially if it might be a significant change, a significant new habit, if you're someone who hasn't worked out in years or maybe didn't, ev- like maybe you haven't really ever been active, you didn't play sports and going into adulthood, you still really aren't that active. So, for someone like that to start a workout routine, That's going to be a significant change in their day and their schedule and who they are. So what we, the better way to go about setting our habits and even setting our goals is to start with our identity. That would be the first step, is what is the kind of person that you want to be? I want to be healthy. I want to be active. I want my kids to think I'm the coolest mom on the block because I can do push-ups and I can beat them in a race. I want, you know, what kind of person do you want to be? How do you want to identify yourself? So that's where you start. And then you move on to the process. Okay, so for me to be the coolest mom on the block and for all my kids to want me to play with them outside, what do I need to do? Well, I need to make sure that I can run around. So I'm going to start going on walks around the block. Well, I need to practice my push-ups. So I'm going to start practicing my push-ups at night. So you, then you go to the process. And then the results and those outcomes as far as wanting to lose weight, wanting to get PRs, whatever those outcomes and results you're wanting, those will just come because you're doing the process. And because you've started with how you want to be as a person, who you're, what your identity is gonna be. And that will also help in beating through the, you know, 10 day fad and dropping out after three weeks after New Year's, because it's no longer just a number of 20 pounds you're trying to lose. It's it is the person that you wanna be. Oh my
0: gosh, yes. I love that. And this is my my Ayurvedic um, coach gosh, now probably four or five years ago that I did her first course. She interviewed this guy in her podcast and, um, the guy who wrote the book, is it James Clear? James Clear. Yeah. Yep. So he was on her podcast and it's so funny cause she had, that was the first thing she taught us was about, um, even introducing Ayurveda into our lives is who do you want to be? And it all attached to your identity. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I'd ever seen that um, I guess kind of way of approaching a new habit was putting who are you first and who do you want to become? And I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense because if we can't grasp like, I am gonna be the person who works out. Cause right now you might be saying, oh, like I'm someone who doesn't work out or I'm someone who doesn't go to yoga class or I'm not flexible. Like we all have those stories that we tell ourselves. And if we can't wrap our brain around like ditching that story. And even if you start this new routine to lose 20 pounds, like in the back of your head, you're still saying to yourself, I'm someone who doesn't work out. Right. Of course it won't stick because you're still attached to that old story and that old identity. And it takes time and it takes effort and change can be hard. So that's the other thing, too, is for people to know, like, this might take some growing pains. Like, it's going to be uncomfortable at first when you start a new habit, because it takes a little time to grow into
1: this new identity. Right. And it's just, it's effort. It is just conscious effort. And we as humans like to put out the least amount of effort as possible. It's just natural. And, you know, in our physiology, like we just don't want to think, we just don't want to move, you know, we want to stay in homeostasis, and sit on the couch, and Netflix, and chill, and just like what you were talking about, someone who's thinking, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds, and they're going and working out, but in their head, they're still telling themselves that story of, I'm not someone who works out, I'm not someone who works out, so then that's most typically, so what happens if you do stick with it long enough to lose that 20 pounds? Well, you reached your goal, and you, those whole time you've been telling yourself that same story. You're not someone who goes and works out. So then you stop because you reached your goal.
0: Yeah. And then usually the 20 pounds comes back on. Cause I've seen this actually from when I very first started working at a gym and that was quite common. Again, this was like 11 years ago. And so back, back 11 years ago, the knowledge, um, I don't think all of it was there and just the way that we consume stuff. So, you know, we didn't have that. So people would reach their goal and just completely stop working out. They're like, I got it. Right. I lost the ten pounds. I'm done with the gym now and quit the membership. And then, you know, a year later they're like, I'm back. Now yeah. I have twenty pounds to lose. I'm like, oh man, you know, and so that's kind of where we've come a long way as, you know, looking into okay, why isn't this sticking? You know, and I think there's there's a lot more room, like as you do, you teach some classes and some one on one work, you have online stuff, um, you know, and I do yoga and I have Ayurveda components and you know, one on one and group. So all of that like we have a lot of different offerings now that I don't think we're around back then so when people say oh I hate working out but there's so many different options now you probably haven't found the right thing
1: hmm I mean there's hip-hop dance classes there's all <laughs> kinds of things there's there's mm-hmm. definitely something for everyone you just have to find it
0: and one of the things that I've I've really um, become more I guess like I was kind of going back i and like oh you know, does everyone have to work out? But I'm like, you know what? It makes you more productive. So like if you run your own business or if you're trying to be like high powered in your job or really kind of trying to take something to the next level, it really does move that stuck energy in our bodies. And so even if you're coming from it, like a, I'm not sure if I really need to do this, it really helps get things moving and you get more creative and you can kind of open up new doors in your life by moving your body.
1: Exactly. And in multiple ways, it's, it always, it's always a nice refresher to me when I'll have new clients, or people will just say something that, and I'm sure you feel the same way too, you know, we consume our lives with this knowledge we have for years and years, we have been reading and involved in some kind of fitness and health and certifications, and we're just in it. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I get a new client that will come in, and they've come to my class for maybe a week, and then they show up, on that next Monday, and they're surprised, and they're like, oh my gosh, I was so energized last week after those were, I just felt great all week long, and I'm just like, yeah, (laughs) because I, you know, you just forget, it's like, I mean, to me, that's, hey, that's one of the most basic things that is just goes hand in hand with working out and exercising, you have more energy, it makes you feel good, besides the other long list of benefits, it's just, you know, to me, it's just like, yeah, that, that goes, but I, for, you know, I forget. And it's always a nice reminder that there's people that don't, don't read about this, don't learn about this, you know, they don't know. And so when they come back and they're surprised because they found that benefit, I'm just like, exactly. Yes. It feels so good.
0: Yes. That's so true. Cause I went through that, like when I, you know, took a break during pregnancy and postpartum, well, more so postpartum, um, like where you're forced to rest. And then I'm like, wow like mentally I just feel off cause I couldn't move my body. Like it wasn't like just the physical thing, but it was more for me, the mental. I'm like, wow, I really rely on this to move that stuck energy and to have kind of stuff moving through my body and I feel more creative. And I just feel more like myself if I'm moving in some way. And I feel like once you kind of get to that sweet spot and really make this habit stick is you'll feel that same way. Cause I've had people who are like, I, you know, weren't, you know, quote unquote workout people. And I'm like, okay, we're just going to try to stick to this. And now, you know, maybe they, you know, work out with me a couple times a week and then do something on their own. And if maybe they miss a week or two weeks, they're like, oh my gosh, I so can't wait to see you because they need those endorphins again. They need that Mm -hmm. resurgence of like, okay, I'm back to myself again. And that's when you really make that habit stick. I think when you get to that point where you can say, I can't
1: go more than three days without moving my body. Right, that's perfectly said. And it's almost, I mean, we can almost look at that as, taking it for granted, you know, we, we just know, and we just expect it. And it's just ingrained in our life. And it's not until maybe we have an injury or like you going through pregnancy and then taking your break that we're like, Oh man, I really, I really forgot that (laughs) that's what I get from it. I'm just used to doing it. Yes. Oh. Um,
0: so I want to kind of like wrap up with a couple things, um, more about, I don't want to say business, but kind of, uh, because I think that this is super inspirational because, again, you're 25 and you're doing your own thing. And I want to have, like, any tips out there for maybe, you know, young or maybe people who aren't 25 and they're 55 and they want to make a career switch. How did you kind of um, have the confidence to kind of switch gears from, you know, being in that corporate world or in that gym setting to, like, kind of more branching out on your own and doing your own thing?
1: Well... As you know, Jill. (laughs) Jill (laughs) Coleman. Jill Coleman was the mastermind we were in together. I was absolutely obsessed with her when I was in college. So she had actually been priming my brain for three years before I joined her mastermind. And what really helped me just figure out what I even wanted to do, because this is something I see so apparent. I, I just got done coaching two years of college soccer and it makes my heart hurt seeing all these college kids who are stressing because they don't have life figured out yet. And mm-hmm. they they think they need to know what they're doing. And I'm like, you probably don't even know who you are yet, let alone what you want to be doing for life. I said, you need to take the time to figure out your values, how you want to live life, not just what job you want to work. How do you want to live life? What's important to you? Is it time freedom? Is it security? Is it wanting to be able to be in control of everything on your own. Is it, you know, those are the things that shape your life and that's then what should determine the job or the career you're going to go into. And I think a lot of people do it the other way around. They think, Oh, I want to work this job, but they don't really know until they're in the job. What all that includes. Cause that was, that was how I was. I didn't realize until I was in my nine to five full-time salary paid job that I was really not going to like that. I was only allotted a certain amount of vacation days and I could get denied if, you know, I put in for wanting a vacation, they told me no i couldn 't stand that, and i couldn 't stand that I could get all my work done, but still be required to work forty or more hours, even if I went above and beyond, and my pay wouldn 't reflect that i couldn 't stand that stuff and this I was realizing this as I was experiencing it, but I was also reading a ton of personal development books that had so many exercises and journal prompts and Inquiry thinking and really just asking yourself, what's really important to you? Is it family? Is it money? Is it vacations? Is it traveling? Is it consistency in your life? And what are your strengths? What are you good at? What fulfills you? And doing the work of figuring out all that stuff along with continuously filling my brain and filling all my social media feeds with seeing people like Jill Coleman, who's just living this amazing life, being this entrepreneur queen and running her own business, living out in California, traveling, doing all that stuff. And I was consuming my brain with all of that as I was figuring out who I was. And so it was it was really a lot of years of a lot of personal work that helped me to finally do what I needed to do, which was a really, really, really hard two years of sacrifices and grinding in order to make a major investment in myself, um, do some scary things like quitting my full-time job. Cause I had that security to go back to school, which I had zero desire to do, but I wanted to coach and I wanted to have more free time to start my business. Cause I knew I wanted that over my full-time job. So a lot of personal development work, a lot of what you feed your brain and figuring out what's important to you in your life.
0: Mm, I love that. And I love that you, I mean, like, like for me, cause I'm like reflecting back. So I'm like, man, like, you're 25 and you already have, like, so much of that laid out. Like, that is amazing. And I think you're going to look back and be like, wow, I'm so glad I did that. Because I um, also started really early in the, you know, personal development space before it was cool. And I was, like, yeah. a junior in college. And, um, like, I kind of picked up a book. Uh, I still have the book because it's – what is it? How, how to Think or How to Think, like, Leonardo da Vinci was one of them. And then Dr. Wayne Dyer, Change Your Life, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. Oh, and I picked up those two randomly – at the bookstore and started reading them. Cause I lost my identity as a basketball player. Cause I quit the basketball team and just played soccer and tennis in college. And, uh, we had a riff, me and the coach. Cool. And so I was like, I'm not going to put myself through, <laughs> through this torture of playing for two years. And I'm not, I'm not happy. But that threw me into like, I felt so embarrassed when I went back to like my friends in high school. Cause that was all I was known for like that. I would get up at 6am, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and go to school early to lift weights and play basketball, like to shoot hoops. Like that is what I did throughout high school. And so to lose that identity, like Mm -hmm. I threw myself into this. I'm like, who am I? And I don't think if I would have done that, I think I would still be completely like lost of who I was. So Mm -hmm. I'm just like, when you can start early. So if anyone's, you know, younger and they're like, huh, be like, no, starting as early as possible, even if you're the weird one with your friends, because I totally was. we people (laughs) were not doing that. And I think sometimes that's kind of the pressure when you're younger is like, oh, none of my friends are doing this. Um, Maybe you do it on the side and just kind of slowly, you know, find the people. But I think online now, we have so much connections, as you were saying, with Jill, like you found her. Um, So it's a little bit easier to kind of link up or reach out to those people who you see that are doing something that you might want to do. Most
1: definitely. Yes. Mm.
0: So. One of the other things um so you're a reader, uh, and I am also a reader. And so I wanted to ask you kind of any books, any top books you have for people who are like, oh, what are some like good books to read? Anything about habits or personal development that you've really stuck out to in your mind?
1: Oh yes. Oh, I'm excited <laughs> about this question. I always say that if um if I wasn't so much have a passion for fitness and helping other people, I'd be a librarian because I'm just ah, so, <laughs> so good books. I love it. <laughs> so for any um, athletes, I think Mind Gym is a great book to start with. I actually, this was one of one of my first books I picked up to read that really got me hooked on personal development. And I read it at the end of my soccer career. And I was so upset because it just lit this biggest fire within me. And I can't imagine the player I would have been had I read that book when I was still playing. And unfortunately, I read it at the end of my career. So Mind Gym, I, don't, I can't remember the author, but that, that is definitely a good one. Mind Gym... Six Months to Six Figures by Peter Vug. It's a short book. And I say it's it's basically like a cliff note version of all of the, because I I mean, I'm not saying I've read every book in the world, but I have read a lot of personal development books and a lot of the foundational ones that you hear everyone talk about, Think and Grow Rich and books like that. So this Six Months to Six Figures, it's a pretty short read and it has pretty much cliff note version of every big main most important point from like all the foundational personal development books on top of that it has a lot of exercises to work through so this book I read right after college and this was one of the foundational books that really helped me get start to get clear and walk down that path of figuring out who I was and what I wanted to do Um, there's this one exercise in there where it tells you to email 10 closest people who see you in different roles in your life so I And it gives you a script for the email too. It's like, hey, I'm not fishing for compliments. I'm really trying to figure out myself and what I want to do in life. And if you could take the time to answer these questions, I would really appreciate it. It's doing a lot for me as a person. So it gives you a script and you send it out to 10 people. I sent it to like, obviously my boyfriend and my parents, um, two different soccer coaches I had, two previous bosses that I've had, two of my best friends. So you send it to people who see you in different roles. And that... I mean, those letters were making me cry, but it was also it was showing, me, it was showing me outside perspectives of what I didn't see in myself as far as what other people saw I was good at. So, and it has a bunch of exercises like that that just help you sit down and think about really, again, who you are, what you want, what's important to you. So those would probably be my, my top two suggestion books. Mind Gym for athletes and, and really anyone, and then six months to six figures to really start to get you figuring out on who you are, what you want to do, what's important to you.
0: I love it. I haven't read any of those, so I'll have to check that out. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I've done that exercise too. I took B school when I very first started my business. (gasps) And um, she had us do that exercise where we sent it out. And I, I was like totally all in, which I'm quite impressed. I actually did every exercise she told, which is probably why I had my business in the first place because I did everything. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm like, oh, this is so interesting just to see like how different people, you know, view you. And I'm like, huh this is a strength of mine. I didn't even realize it. So that can be super powerful to like have other people's, um, you know, just kind of say, Oh, I'm really good at this. I didn't
1: even know. Right. Exactly. You, you know, we all live, we all have our own perception. And so to see what someone else is going to say to you, it's super eye-opening, And it may be opening up a door or a path for you that you weren't even thinking was possible. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, so um, last couple, few questions here, Ellen. I want to know where people can find you. Where can they connect with you at?
1: Okay. Well, I am on Facebook as Ellen Trotter and Instagram. Same thing. Ellen Trotter. There's no spaces or digits or anything like that. I'm also on I mean, I'm on Twitter too. Ellen underscore Trotter and, uh, mainly hang out on Facebook and Instagram for sure. I do have a website, www.ellentrotter.com. Love it. Love it. Easy to remember. Mm-hmm. All right. Now,
0: my last question is I love to give the listeners a weekly challenge. And then when I have guests on, I have you throw out the weekly challenge. So what would you like that weekly challenge for everyone to be?
1: Okay. Well, from what we've talked about and me thinking about this, the (laughs) weekly challenge is I challenge all of your listeners to take this week and take 10 to 15 minutes every day and write out Who you wanna be, start shaping your identity. What kind of person do you wanna be? When your kids are talking about you, or when other people are talking about you, how would you want them to describe you? And if you are talking about yourself, how are you describing yourself? When I actually did this uh, three or four years ago, I actually picked up one of my old journals from like 2015, and a constant theme I had was I am confident, I am strong. I am intelligent, I am successful. And it was because I didn't feel any of those things. And I just was writing that and doing different exercises and repeating that message over and over and over again, almost like affirmations, but it was my identity. It was how I wanted to identify myself. And it was the coolest thing picking up that journal now that we're in, you know, end of 2018, because that is how I describe myself today and how I feel today. I'm confident, I'm intelligent, I am strong, and I'm successful. But it starts with first thinking and determining who you want to be.
0: I love it. And I don't think we've had that one before. That's a great, great challenge for everyone, especially if you're looking to kind of change who um, you are. So I love it. Thank you, Ellen. Yes. Well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure getting to chat with you um, and have our first kind of health and fitness episode of the year. So thank you for that and bringing your wisdom.
1: Oh, you are so welcome. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yay. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the peaceful power message. Thanks again and go out there and spread your peaceful power.